It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rulebook, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. Time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. Welcome to The Big Rethink. I'm your host, Barry Ross, and today's episode focuses on digital transformation, which has been a big technology buzzword in manufacturing for a long time. Fact of the matter is, few manufacturers have implemented digital initiatives, but due to the pandemic, these programs are seemingly being prioritized again. Of course, on the other hand, workers need to learn how to blend new technologies like IoT, AI, and machine learning with their established soft human skills. Our guest today, Sean Robinson, Senior Product Manager for Panasonic's Process Automation Group. He's going to discuss what digital transformation means to manufacturers and its potential impacts to the factory floor worker. Sean, welcome to the show. Barry, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start high level. What is digital transformation in manufacturing? Digital transformation in manufacturing uh, is basically... Better visualization of what's going on in my factory. It's making sure that I have understanding of where the parts and components and things that are going to be required to be able to manufacture a particular product. It's being able to connect to my suppliers to make sure that those parts come uh, on a timely fashion and don't impact my manufacturing. Um, it has to do with connecting to my customer to know what uh, production volumes and what product mix I'm going to have to produce, uh, as well as translating that all the way down to the floor level where people know which product they're going to manufacture next to make sure that as this particular product might have specific needs, that uh, those products follow the proper sequence of events to be manufactured correctly. And at the end of the day, to make sure that all the quality standards were met during the manufacturing of that particular product. Yeah, so I, I appreciate the high level on that. One of the things that's always constantly driven me crazy is that it seems like there are different definitions for the same thing. So just tell me, what is the difference between digital transformation, industry 4.0, and smart factory? They're actually all pretty much the same thing. <laughs> um, there's just uh, a lot of different terms. Uh, you know, when you come out with a new technology in many cases, uh, in the case of like Industry 4.0, it was something born out of Germany. Uh, smart factory and industry or Internet of Things was also something that was born out of that probably more here in North America. Uh, but at the end of the day, it all is uh, the same end result, which is to be able to build things more efficiently, more cost effectively, uh, and do it uh, at a quality level that allows me to do it uh, productively uh, and uh, profitably as well. So, so here's the million-dollar question then. Why has digital transformation not been deployed widely in manufacturing? That's a good question. You know, uh, the truth is the digital transformation journey in many ways has to do with where you're coming from. Mm. Uh, you know, when you're manufacturing in a lot of cases, you know, there's very few circumstances where you have uh, a greenfield operation. You might have companies that were OEMs in the past that have been outsourcing their manufacturing. They had a great idea. They brought a product to market. They didn't want to invest in the infrastructure to produce that good themselves. So they subcontracted it. 
to uh, contract manufacturers to build the product for them. But as time's gone on and as things like COVID and tariffs and uh, other items or IP protection have taken root as concerns, what's happened is, is you now have these companies considering bringing in manufacturing themselves. And in that case, you're actually starting from a, a clean slate. And that really gives you an opportunity to take all the latest and greatest technologies and factor them into your solution. However, people have been manufacturing things for a long time. <laughs> and to be able to just magically all of a sudden say, oh, we're going to completely transform our operation into uh, this uh, factory, the future and digital factory, you have to take into account what processes they have, what's the skill level of people they have, what equipment do they have on hand? Uh, uh, you know, what is it that we're manufacturing? Where is our supply chain coming from? So there's a variety of different things that factor into uh, and almost make it an individual experience, uh, not just for a particular customer, but even for, uh, let's say, if I'm a multi-site uh, operation, I may be able to transform certain factories with different tools and other factories with other tools, depending on when they were established, what tools they have, what resources they have. So what you'll find out is, is that for the most part, uh, the digital transformation experience is unique for every company that considers adopting it. So here's a second part of that question. You kind of already talked it, ready? So how do you think COVID will speed up digital adoption? I think that... Um, Every company in one way or another is experiencing the impact of COVID. Mm. Uh, you know, it can be a company where even if you're providing spare parts to your customers and all of a sudden a couple of folks in the warehouse, you know, uh, experience uh, symptoms um, and you have to shut the operation down. Mm. Uh, everything a company does can be negatively impacted by the COVID experience. Uh, and our customers are experiencing it uh, in various different areas and they're reacting in ways that are compliant to you know, their operation. I think at the end of the day, um, digital transformation has the ability to create different types of jobs and so forth. But at the end of the day, if you could automate the process of whatever work needs to be done in a specific area of the factory, you reduce your risk of being impacted by things like the COVID pandemic. That's, in, that's important, I think, because that, that's, that's one of the questions I had in terms of, you know, do you think COVID is a different motivation for manufacturers compared to, you know, ongoing tariff wars or supply chain disruptions? I, I do, because uh, in the case of COVID, you, you know, um, in ways you can't control if certain parts are made in a certain part of the world, you know, you're kind of stuck with the situation, at least temporarily, until you can find an alternative supplier. But how do you control any of your workers going out to the grocery store or meeting with a relative or whatever and not being impacted? And then despite everything you try to do with your masks and temperature taking and all these other things that somehow, some way, it doesn't end up impacting your operation. Uh, it really causes people to rethink, uh, how would we address this differently moving forward? It's it's really kind of an interesting situation that honestly, I never thought I'd experience in my lifetime. Yeah, me too. And it's just, there's so many things outside of the technology you have to take into consideration if you're a manufacturer. And so 
you know, going back to kind of the non-technology question, I mean, do you think manufacturers can continue to target low-cost production in cheap labor countries? I mean, do you think this approach is sustainable? I don't, uh, honestly. Um, and I think that um, there will always be certain products where they'll find some location in the globe, although those locations continue to become less and less as globalization is kind of equalizing the cost of manufacturing all over the world. But um, what I think you're starting to see is there was a time when almost everything was going to the lowest cost right. uh, part of the world. You know, we saw that in the uh, mid 2000s up until recently. But IP protection, you know, people concerned about uh, IP uh, tariffs, which you can't control, uh, health considerations such as uh, COVID, um, uh, distance to your customer, right? Proximity to your customer, right? right? And uh, That's also, huge. yeah, and, and being able to communicate, let alone receive your product in a more timely fashion. I think that what you're seeing is the shift. Uh, there was a time back in the early uh, or the late 1990s where it was a pretty much global split for manufacturing, one third in Europe, one third in uh, Asia, and one third in the Americas. And, and you know, you're starting to see that pendulum swing back uh, more so, especially for high value products, things that are mission critical. And it's interesting. It seems like such a long time ago when we were talking about, you know, offshoring and globalization. I know it was a big topic when I was in school. But, you know, if you think now uh, in terms of like what we've been talking about, I mean, how do you think Industry 4.0 can impact manufacturing jobs? I know it's a loaded question, but mm -hmm. what's your sense? My sense is that um, what you're going to find is that it's going to take some time to be able to get to the point of a lights out factory, right? Uh, and that the digitalization process is going to happen in steps. And in the meantime, as this is happening, what you need most is you're going to have uh, curious employees who are wanting to learn, who can work together in a dynamic environment, who can evolve from maybe doing one task one day to doing different tasks in the future. Mm. Uh, and, you know, uh, I think that that's going to be key. It may not even be so much skill-based as much as it is your willingness and how excited you are to jump into the new technology as new things are introduced. Uh, the digital transformation uh, journey means different things to different customers. Right. Uh, and, you know, one customer might be focused on quality. The next customer might be focused on, uh, you know, automating their material management system and so on. So uh, what's key is that you need, you're still going to need people and those people are going to have to a want to be excited and flexible and <laughs> right. uh in in adopting this transformation because the truth is this stuff's really cool once you get down and you see what's possible uh it really is breathtaking and exciting you know i never have a problem getting up any day to right. uh, do my job and uh so uh but but it is an exciting new world for sure yeah and you know it's it's interesting because you know we just kind of talked about it a little bit but you know as companies and manufacturers kind of embrace the concept of automation. I mean, what do you think, you know, employees can do to prepare? I know you just talked a little bit about it, but when you're talking about like, you know, what tasks do you believe, 
you know, essentially what humans are better at than machines. Yeah. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? That's a big one. Uh, the, the key is, is to look for the gaps, right? Um, you know, there's going to be certain things that uh, uh, are obvious that people can look at improving, uh, but there are going to be certain things that aren't intuitively obvious. And as you get to understand your process, what you're building, how you're building it, understanding where the inefficiencies are and so on, elevating that to people who can consider, hey, what can we do to possibly make this easier or do a better job? Uh, I think that's the key is being aware, uh, understanding what you're doing, understanding how it could be better, you know, working within, within a team to make that happen. That's critical, you know, and uh, if you can find people that can, that can do that, uh, I think that's that's key is, uh, you know, adopt what's coming. Don't look at it as if, as if it's a threat, you know, jump on board and go for the ride. Yeah. And I think you couched it before, too. It's having that kind of positive kind of mental attitude yeah. where, you know, you have that flexibility to learn new skills. And so like going forward, you know, over the next few decades, you know, they say that, you know, mach machine learning, you know, automation, AI will you know, transform manufacturing like cloud computing and mobility did. Do you think that's an aggressive view or statement? No, I think it's real. I think it's already started. Um, you know, uh, Panasonic doesn't make all the equipment within a factory. I, I specialize more or less in the electronic assembly domain. And uh, we spend a lot of time developing the ability for our equipment to communicate with non-Panasonic equipment that are critical in, in terms of the manufacture of that circuit board, whether it be a radio or a TV or a new iPhone or whatever it might be. And the truth is, is that uh, all of these pieces of equipment used to be islands of information. Wow. So if something wasn't working on one machine, it might take you a while to figure out that something upstream was causing the problem. Now the machines actually communicate with each other and they're able to uh, uh, help resolve issues automatically without even having a human involved. In the past, you'd have to have a, you know, degreed engineer to be able to sometimes determine what That's caused right. this problem and the machines can automatically kind of uh, uh, take control of it. And what's critical is, you know, uh, I have four kids uh, <laughs> and not one of them went into the engineering field. I had hoped Interesting. That one of them would, uh, <laughs> my son went three years, uh, in, you know, within college or within high school to take technical oriented programs. He jumped to medical. But the point of the matter is, is that most people, you know, our kids are wanting to be doctors or teachers or, you know, financiers, uh, whatever, lawyers and such. They're not interested in manufacturing. So how do you bring manufacturing back to the United States when there's, a skill level gap, but you still need to manufacture here. The only way that can happen is if the equipment can kind of take care of these problems themselves over time, right? So as I'm building something, they're actually resolving some of the problems that are going on. And it's one of the discussions I think that is quite frankly missing is the fact that, you know, we talk about bringing manufacturing back. There's a, we do need to have uh, a recognition within the uh, academic world and the government to be able to focus on uh, developing programs that help people uh, become familiar with the new technology and familiar with how these things work. And they don't have to be an engineer understanding the electronics aspect of it, but understanding how these machines work is probably where 
the benefit is the most, right? Uh, Absolutely. But, but not necessarily, you know, being a, a degree electronics, uh, electrical engineer, but maybe somebody in robotics that understands it or, you know, a programmer and things like that. Those are where uh, I think manufacturing skills will be most beneficial. But I, I think it's as you said, and it's worth repeating that education is a big part, you know, of, you know, this technology that's going to be implemented mm -hmm. over the next few decades. Yep. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and so, you know, we're almost near the end of our time, Sean. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I have one last question for you. Just got to be mindful. You know, a lot of people will be listening. You sure. know, what do you love about your job? Oh, I, I love working with customers, actually helping them on this digital transformation. Uh, being able to go into a production site and actually observing what they're doing it, how they're doing it, understanding in some cases they may not recognize the opportunity and you can go on go into the site and actually show them uh geez you know we have a solution here that can solve a b and c right and uh how we can actually help them be able to uh prosper right in the new digital world is uh just a great experience and i love working with customers i love uh you know uh helping them with this process well, that's great, Sean. I, I, I want to thank you uh, for being on the show. You've been great. Uh, it's a pleasure, Barry, and I uh, really appreciate being on the show and hope we can do this again soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, that's it for us on another episode of The Big Rethink. And, you know, one thing to remember, the U.S. manufacturing workforce has been absorbing new technology for more than two centuries. There's no reason to believe that the next industrial revolution should be no different. Until next time, I'm Barry Ross. 